now it's time for F2 race number 100. Dude, took me out, mate. Not much I could have done there. Just annoying, though, isn't it? Like, it's just annoying. Hello, and welcome to another episode of F2 for You, the show about second tier race car drivers hosted by second tier sports analysts. My name is Jashan and I'm joined by Matthew Hume today. How are you going, Matthew? The only thing second tier here, mate, is your facial hair. My facial... Lack thereof. Your lack thereof. That's lack the second thereof. tier. That's the genuine second tierness. Fair enough. Well, can't argue with that. I uh, oh. mistakenly chopped off too much of my moustache. Oh, and the old classic. The classic. The classic. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, gets you every time. Yeah. Don't, don't shave when oh, you mate, haven't you had should, enough just, sleep. Just going go for the Amish look, mate. Yeah, I did that. Wasn't liking it. Wasn't yeah, liking no, the Mormon I feel look. That. I feel that. I no, feel that. yeah. It's Amish, not Mormon, mate. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, um, but alternative, if you don't, I've got an alternative one for you, mate. The drivers may be second tier, but the racing this weekend, it certainly Ooh, wasn't. I'm willing to give Yuri Vips a one and a half tier at this point. He had Oh, that's right. So you, you've, you've gone ahead after two, his first two really decent races in the category. Yes. And you've declared Yuri Vips the best man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm not okay. pushing any narratives whatsoever. But uh, before we get into the racing over at Azerbaijan, there was some uh, some news that came through beforehand, namely Gianluca Petakov. Not necessarily the most newsworthy face in F2, but he's no longer in F2. So. Name a more iconic duo than F2 and a driver change mm. from the previous round. You love to see it. So having read up on it, he is he's out. He's done. Is there any, any reasoning given or just... Budget. Money. Budget, yep, yeah, that doesn't He can no longer money. afford it. Uh, the old classic. Yeah, so Matteo Nanini, Matteo Nanini comes in for Petakov for Campos for Azerbaijan. That'll just be a one-off. Uh, so Campos need a new driver, basically, for Silverstone. It'd be interesting where they see they go. I'm trying to, like, mm. obviously this thing. I don't know of who is at the top of the money bags, stakes, and that. Mm. There are obviously guys floating around without a drive. Quite. You could see, I don't know that, you know. Jordan King. Jordan, Jordan is that, where did you see, where have you pulled that one? He's from? just a bloke I know. I okay, don't, Jordan I... King is a, is a bloke, I'm not sure where King's at with his career. <laughs> I was thinking, I mean, obviously, Callum Eilat is not in an mm. open wheel category. I would be very surprised if that is the way it goes. Um, Jay Hughes is one name that springs to mind. I'm not exactly certain what Jay Hughes is currently doing, but he was fairly solid in F3 last year and did a couple of races. For, I believe, that HWA seat that got, was filled by... Aitken. No, 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 no. no. Oh, this event last, last year. Last year. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what team it is. It was the pink, was the pink car. Was that the other yeah, HWA? I was sure. not watching it last year. You... Oh, you watched a bit of it. You've played the game. <laughs> um, yeah, Markelov and... Um, oh, it was the... Um, Italian bloke who was the Ferrari junior. Oh, he switched my to a days. different. I can't remember who it was. So, oh, it was um bloody no, when I... um Nobuhara Matsushita. Oh yeah, okay. Um, dropped from the category, and I'm pretty sure uh, Alessi switched to Trident for the last three races, mm. leaving up that spot at HWA, which was filled by JQ for the first two races. I think I think if not, possibly alongside F. Three. I don't. That does. I don't. Know. It's Jake Hughes for two races, and then Teo Porcher was there for the last round mm-hmm. of the championship. 
Um, so JQs could be one. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know whether there's, you know... Well, there are two spots to fill because Jack Aiken isn't a permanent fixture for HWA either. So no, they are looking for a new driver for, for, in terms of Silverstone, mm-hmm. both Campos and HWA need a second permanent yes, driver. It looks like that, yes, there. I'd like to see a bit more Jack Aiken action. Yeah, I'd imagine, I'd imagine that's a thing and Aiken's not necessarily yeah. wanting to fork out that huge amount of money. Quite. But no, farewell uh, to Petakoff. Apparently he was actually handpicked by the late Adrian Campos to drive in that seat. That's why he was there with minimal experience. Yep. But no, the former, the reigning regional European champion and ex-Ferrari Academy driver, he, uh, he suffered through a fire extinguisher mishap in Bahrain, an engine that blew up in Monaco, two crashes in Monaco, and zero career points. Yeah, we wish he him was, well. He, I mean, he wasn't mm. Alessio Deletta. No. But... Not he quite. was arguably outdriven and shone by Guillaume Samaya, so like he, yeah, and yeah. he was completely annihilated by his teammate Ralph Boschong. Oh, Boschong's um, in fine form. He is in fine. So head. yeah, be interesting to see where that seat goes. Um, Mahavir Ranganathan. Mahavir. You know, he's he's not got an open wheel drive that I know of. Quite, 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 um, quite, quite. Yeah, so yes, it will we'll be see, interesting uh, to see how the cookie that. crumbles. We've got about a month or well, a month and a half till the next round. In so unreasonable. So unreasonable. After so, the race that we've just seen, I am not happy that we have to wait a month. I mean, I wasn't happy oh, yeah. anyway, but it's just it's a bit of a kick in the face. Another storyline coming into the weekend. Dan Tickton has finally changed his hair. That was mate. That had changed in Monaco. It's just I didn't. I didn't see. Well, that's not a story. Well, now that I've s- well, I, don't, I don't care. It's still worth talking about but, because but, he's no longer got the bleach blonde abomination had, honest, on it. I don't think he's had that all season. Well, it's they keep that, showing pictures of it. And yeah, it's it's, al- it's almost as if. Well, they kept showing pictures of it throughout the weekend. I know. I know. It's I know. almost as if they take the photos of the drivers preseason the or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And I'm just saying, shockingly, redo it. If we have a redo. look at your profile picture right now, mm. you have a beard in your Facebook profile picture. I imagine. However, I'm looking at you right now, and you look like a child, a truly hideous child. So is that, is that really how you want to play this? Making fun is, of my it is, my it is. my looks, mate. After all the mate, discussions we've had, your jawline your jawline's not as good as wait. Your jawline's better than mine, but like it's it's not what it used to be. It is. I'm aware. I'm aware. Too many uh, Bernard stacked D's burgers, beers, carb related food items, all of the above. All of the above. Food is good. Distinct lack of exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, he should retake his photos because he looks a lot better without the bleach blonde. I, I well, uh, yes, I do it agree really with is. that. It doesn't mm-hmm. particularly bother me, but it, I de- it offends me. It offends oh, me I'm first. aware you, for someone, you know, you're very, very highly opinionated on hairstyles, which is mm-hmm. ironic for someone who will probably be bored by the age of 30. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I imagine Quite likely. you're just jealous. Considering it's Geo and Tictum you go after, I think you're just jealous of people with thick hair. Um, I suppose. Suppose, but I mean, they are threatening your masculinity. I suppose. Yeah, they they must do. I must be threatened by these professional motorsport drivers who get paid millions of dollars. That doesn't pertain to how thick their head of hair is. Mm, quite. Have you seen Sebastian Vettel? Yeah, he's a fucking legend. Yeah, and he's got fucking awful hair. But like, hair. it's a being a motorsport sense. driver has nothing to do with having lush hair. Lush, lush. It's genetics, mate. Guan Yu Zhou was talking big heading into Azerbaijan. He said this was the race he was looking forward to most out of the entire calendar because he struggled so much at it last time he was here. Unfortunately for Guan Yu, didn't quite work out. 
He's one of very few drivers who have been here before. In fact, only mm. one of the grid members had taken a podium at Baku. Jack Aitken. Aitken has a win there. Yeah, won the feature race with Campos in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it'd be the same collective that had done the race at Monaco. Yes, done yes, it, like, indeed. Bosch will have... Very um, young grid. Very young grid making up the uh, Well, it's not, the race. not so much a young grid. It's always a young grid. It's, but, you know, it's just... That's, that's, that's the typical. It's the typical rollover. There's, yeah. Generally speaking, you have close to half the field and F2 are going to be rookies. It was the same last season. And most of last season's rookies that are still there. And so a lot of the guys who are in their second or, you know, however many seasons... I mean, I guarantee you that um, Mark Alon will be back next year. He just does every two years or something at this point. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, that's just, that's just how F2, as a developmental category goes and it's just the fact that obviously we had um, such a unique calendar last season that the typical tracks that F2 does roll through, they weren't there. Indeed, indeed. It's also worth noting that uh, it'll be the 100th race for Formula 2, Sprint Race 2, will be one zero zero. That is actually my first note. Ah, was my sixth note. Oh, under Sprint Race race 2. My first Sprint Race 2 note is 100th F2 race. Now, that is obviously important to note. That is the 100th race since the rebrand to F2. Obviously, this category was previously GP2 Ah, and has existed as GP2 for a very long time. Right, there you go. Formula 2, the the modern era, if you will. And uh, just leading into qualifying... 2017 was truly ancient history. Yes, the modern era. Ralph Boschong's 22 points in Monaco was more points than he scored in 2018, 2019, and 2020 combined. Unsurprising. He's never mm. been... I don't exactly know the teams he's driven for in the past, although one of them was definitely Trident. Um, Quite. I never thought of him, for my knowledge of him, was someone who would be at the top. And obviously he's never he's never completed a full season. But well, it'll still remain to see whether or not he'll complete one this year. But like obviously if Campos can find someone to prop them up financially in that other seat... Would be, I mean, oh, he's actually there. You know, there's someone who doesn't have a drive and has money. Sean Galeal is going to be back on this grid. I guarantee oh. you. I guarantee you, we're seeing Sean Galeal. Galeal and Boshang. Um, and to be know. honest, I would, I'd quite like that because I've, I've said before. I think Sean Galeal, and I've seen a few other people say it. Sean, one of Sean Galeal's greatest career achievement is the fact that he has financed so many other <laughs> very, very decent drivers um, to be able to have seats. Quite. Um, and if he can bringing the funding that's going to allow Ralph Boschong to finally complete a full campaign, considering that Boschong... I don't think Boschong's a true championship contender. But he's showing a lot of talent is, at the moment. He's giving me major Louis Delatraz vibes. Oh, yeah. Um, now that he's in that car. I just see he's consistently there about that. He'll probably... He, I'm hoping he'll crop up and have a couple of podiums this season. Mm. I wouldn't be that surprised if just for some reason it never converts to him getting a win. But... Like, he'll be there or thereabouts, and it'll probably see him come home somewhere in the fourth to sort of eighth range of the championship. He'll sort of be mathematically in it till the last one or two rounds, but, you know, you'll always kind of be like, well, he's not really in it, is he? Yeah, no, he's showing some really good pace, and he translated that into qualifying where he qualified, I believe, seventh. Yes, seventh. My memory is on fire. Ahead of Joe Deruvula Schwartzman, which is a somewhat major talking point. Yeah, Boshak's been absolutely flying, but the man who was a genuine rocket was the Kiwi, Liam Lawson, who took pole over a tenth over teammate Yuri Vips and a tenth or one and a half tenths over pa- Piastri in third. The Oops. man was looking on it. Yes. On it. And it's a shame that that didn't necessarily... Well, we'll get into that later. In any case, 
Any thoughts on qualifying? Any particular notes? Um, to take? I think for the perhaps notables, obviously, I mean, not surprising necessarily with the machinery scene. Obviously, Jack Aitken, maybe a little bit further down the grid, you'd expect from someone with experience here. Uh, Christian Lungard continues to just not be able to buy anything resembling form. I'm almost starting to, and it, it, it's a weird one because we'll get into it probably a little bit with how these race results went as well. Um, but, like, well, to be honest, it's starting to vibe very, very similar to ART last year and possibly, I mean, obviously the year before, ART delivered Nick DeVries to the championship, but Nikita Mazepin, to my knowledge, was the other driver in that car and struggled almightily. Mm. He then obviously went on to high-tech the following year, was a championship contender for the whole season, and then that mixed with daddy's money was enough for him to vault his way into Formula One, whereas Nick DeVries is not, despite being Quite. one of the more talented drivers to come through in recent years. And then last year we saw, and yeah, beyond the opening round or two where both Armstrong and Lungard had great pace, we continued to see Lungard have really good pace, but particularly through that mid-portion of the season after, I don't know, yeah, well, you're pretty much after hungry when he was a completely innocent victim. Well, yeah, it was... I can't remember who did it to him, but someone made a stupid move which killed his race and then killed the rest of his weekend. Lungard would consistently show good pace. Obviously, he picked up another win throughout the season and had a few other really good results and stayed loosely in the championship picture. But he seemed to have good, good pace, but a lot of awful luck. Occasionally, it was his fault, but a lot of it just seemed to be an innocent bystander. Nothing would go his way. And Armstrong just could not figure it out for the life of him and just looked absolutely dismal to the point that you had completely written off him and his abilities going into this season. Yes, yes, I have. Now, what we're seeing, it's starting to feel like we're seeing a similar narrative. Once again, ART only seems to be able to have one car that can look competitive and the driver of that car is having some pretty up-and-down fortunes in Teo Porcher, who's got brilliant pace but doesn't always seem to have the lock on his side. And the second car, they just can't seem to... Get it com- competitive. No. Like, yeah. Lung- like, Lung- I see Lungard is better than a guy qualifying 12th and really, really having to fight just to scrape some points. Yes. Uh, now, obviously, that thing, he's also had that. He was up there. He had a br- was having a brilliant Bahrain until that feature race, I believe, when he got caught in an incident. And then he's been unlucky he, he as had well. The, he had the engine failure on the, rever- the, f- the reverse grid sprint race, the sprint race one in Monaco. But, like, he's qualifying and stuff. The fact that he was right up the front for that race in Monaco was because he didn't qualify as well as he possibly would have hoped. And, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of depth in this field. Someone has to qualify poorly. We also had Schwartzman in 10th and Djokovic 11th in his qualifying. Yes. But it's been that real ART. Also, um, uncharacteristically low qualifying from Guan Yu Zhou in 7th. 8th. 8th, sorry. Yes, you're right. I'm literally looking at Boshang in 7th. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, in the high-tech, the high-tech all-front row was a pretty pretty big deal. Lawson yeah. and Vips showing really good pace in that car to Absolutely. get that front row off at, ahead of the two, I guess. Well, I mean, Lawson is technically a wonder kid as well, but obviously our, our man, Piastri, and then the wonder kid, Teo Porsche. The, like, not even wonder kid, wonder child. Wonder still in puberty. Is it is it child somehow younger than a kid? I'm just, I, I, no, but I'm trying to... He is younger than everyone else. Everyone's young. Teo Porsche is younger. And well, yes. Even he, more he's young. the wonder literally kid. He's yeah, 17. He is legally a child. He has no yeah. rights. But Christian Lungard qualified 12th, not ideal. And then he was uh, one of three drivers to be handed three-place grid penalties. For, he was, yes. I've yes, forgotten about for that. For impeding drivers on their push lap. 
so he went down to 15. Yes, I was... Aitken down to 17. Absolutely vibing after qualifying. And then took Guillaume Samaya from 20th to 21st, starting ahead of only Roy Nassani, who didn't drive in qualifying due yes. to a crash in practice. Classic. Sato was also handed a penalty for a mishap in practice. So Alessio Deletta mm. was due 19th. to start at 19th in sprint race one. Exciting times for the Italian. So exciting. Exciting times. Yes. Mm. Um, Didn't quite. I mean, actually, he had his moments. He had a bit of screen time. <laughs> he did have a bit of screen time. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Oh, dear. Now, I'm imagining you might have a little bit more depth in notes because you, I believe, has taken your notes from watching the full races today because I basically told you this weekend was so jam-packed. Watch the entire races where I mixed it with stuff for memory and re-watching the highlights packages. Um, mm. for, to make my notes, so there probably won't be quite as much in mine. Oh, I was spending too much there's time. There's no need to compare notes Oh, here, no, I've, I'm, just, I'm just... You need to I'm compare the sizes. Things, but I, ju- I just spent too much time genuinely enjoying the actual races when I was yeah, watching them for even take notes. I'm glad I didn't. But uh brings us to Sprint Race 1. It does indeed. Obviously, we had the inverted lineup, which meant it was... Schwartzman um, on pole, baby. On pole Deruvula, Deruvula. Indeed. Following him up. And if I could just dive in very quickly, if there's one word I could use to describe opening laps this weekend, chaos. Oh, without a doubt. We'll Absolute see a few chaos. Um, I'll drop one thing. I'm going to scatter these in. I've been... Perusing social media a bit to see. Perusing. I I see bits and pieces and it's led me to love because I follow Oscar Piastri on Twitter. Mm. So I do see bits and pieces that pop up in his feed and stuff like that. But there was a tweet from former supercars driver uh, Jack Perkins. So this will be a little bit of a spoiler of what we're about to say happened in that chaotic lap one of the first sprint race. But a tweet from Jack Perkins, former supercars driver here in Australia. F2 formats are crap. Why bother qualifying? Oscar Piastri got shafted there. And I think, I mean, it's an interesting point. Obviously, F2 has always had the concept. And I think this is something, and I reckon it'll be worth when we get together with Spencer later this week and have there's a little little bit of insight, guys, into our podcast planning. But it's something we should probably discuss <laughs> on the main show with the fact that Formula One is supposedly going to have those qualifying reverse grid yes. qualifying sprint races. Um, it's an illogical. It, it kind of it really is an illogical. I mean, there's been bits where I've enjoyed, but it's an illogical format to the weekend. You qualify, then in the initial race, you inverse the qualifying, and if some, and then you have another. It's like that's the thing. If they went with it, let's think it worked fine how it was last. I mean, people, I'm sure there's still people who hate the idea of and that, but it, it makes it that it spices the category up a bit. And it's one of the reasons I think we love F2 because it's competitive. Mm. But you qualify, you race off those qualifying positions, you do that, you have that race. That's the race that carries the big points for the weekend. You survive all that, then you inverse the things. Maybe a few shenanigans will happen in that race, but you know, nah. this format could, you know, that format would still work if you like flip the script. So if you qualified, and then inverse, like, so to some extent, yeah, if you qualified it, had a race where the grid was inverse. So you had the sprint race with the grid, the top 10 inversed and that, and then that race happened, and then you went to the feature race, and that was just a qualifying. So you have one race purely off qualifying and one race that happens before it where the top 10 
is reverse. It doesn't, and I think so obviously it doesn't carry as many points. That's why you still got to try to qualify well so you can be at the front in the big race. Mm. But in reverses, it makes it a little bit more. In theory, it just means we don't have lots of the fastest car that. But the way this is, that's the thing. You have a race where your qualifying is inversed, and then also the results of that determine what things. So what we saw a lot this week, and it was most notable this weekend, uh, I mean, a little bit in Monaco as well, but for what if Monaco, we didn't have as many absolute mans occurring in the first couple of corners. Mm. To that, it just meant that, you know, something like, um, I can't think, I've blanked on who won the sprint race one. And that, Joe. But, you know, yeah, Joe, and Joe didn't have great qualifying. Yes. But so he started up front, won it. Piastri came eighth, which is more or less where he was on the inverse qualifying. Then he came second, which was basically where he was on the inverse results, and then came second because it's where he qualified. Yes. Um Yeah, it's it meant it means that, you know, so you feel you feel it gets inverse. So you qualify right up the front, so you then get put in the middle of the pack, racing with a couple of other guys who are right at the front, but you're also gonna be very close to guys who legitimately qualified eleventh and twelfth on pace. Yes. You get caught in that's also just where there's always gonna be more cars in that mid pack. You get caught in mid-pack shenanigans. You get put into the wall in turn three. Your race is done. Now this means effectively, you're not only is that race written off, shit happens. That always any that can happen any given moment. But sprint race two is written off for you as well now because yes. you're starting right down the very back for it. Yes. And that is to me, as much as I, this format is fun and an extra waste is fun. But as I said, I'd rather I'd, I'd rather have. Um, that's what I said. I think they need to find a different way to cut down costs if they can, because I would rather have twelve rounds of the championship with two races in the weekend feature and sprint race. And again, I don't mind if I, if I wanted to flip that script and have the sprint race and the feature race, I think, you know, but like having an entire race based off the results of a previous race that wasn't technically based off your result of qualifying yes, just really opens it up to being completely caught out. And we will see it because we'll get into discussing now. Um, I don't know whether you want to lead through it or whether I can take I'll, the first couple of corners, but like... I'll smash it out. Um, yeah, chaos in lap one. Another Jack. Jack Aitken collects the curb and spins out. So he made it all of halfway. He all made it all of yes. the apex of turn one before yeah, spinning himself. And, and he was cars. gone. And I was just like, oh, but come on, Jack. What are you doing? And then your man, your fucking man, who you predicted to take the win... For the entire yeah, season, Felipe oh, yeah. Dragovic. Dragovic becomes, I think, the first genuine heel oh, in the history of this podcast. Just inserted his car into Piastri's rear end. Uh, yeah. Which pushes I mean, Piastri into Liam Lawson, ending both their races. Yes. Bam. So, yeah. And that, yeah. yeah, like you were mentioning, that means that Piastri and Lawson started, what, 19th and 20th? 19th, 19th for Piastri. I mean, yes, it was a hectic thing. Because also in there, we had, I don't know what happened to Alessio Deletta, but something happened to Alessio. Uh, he he's so he just went yeah. straight up the escape road at yeah. turn two, which happily meant that he, he went slightly less distance than Liam Lawson. Yes. Which meant <laughs> Liam Lawson started in front of him. And then Piastri made it to the escape road at turn three, which mm-hmm. meant he started the highest of all of them in the 19th. Yeah, so we lost four cars inside the first two corners. And yeah, Djurgovic, I think a little bit of a locker break, yeah, into the back of Piastri, which pushed Piastri into Lawson, which pushed Lawson into the wall. And also meant, I believe, Piastri's car still in contact with Lawson's car when it hit the wall, which meant extra force on Piastri's car. So that killed Piastri's wing enough that he was out. And yes, obviously Lawson was out as well. Yeah, and you saw one, the two reactions. Lawson... Angry, swearing. Piastri just walked off and pulled a George Russell car. Oh, yeah. I mean, Piastri with the now quintessential, joining the collection of Formula One drivers like that, was just sitting under a tree for long. He did, 
have, again, I've got a bit of social media for you. Yeah, you do. A great tweet from Oscar. And it was good to see you took that, you know. Short race out there this morning. On a positive <laughs> note, I saw a nice necklace in the shop next to me. Early birthday present ideas from my mom. Sends incoming later this evening, which Aww. was some brilliant foreshadowing. Oh, that is So Piastri taking in his stride. It's just one of those things. To a certain extent, you do just have to cop it in that. But and I'll touch on this once we get past the feature race. But, um, like, it's only been outside circumstances that have robbed Piastri of results. He's yet to mm-hmm. display a single race where he's had um, Uber consistent poor pace mm. at all, which is a really promising sign. Yeah. Um, from there... That meant that Drogovic inherited P9 and David Beckman inherited P10. P10. Yes, Drogovic picked up, I believe, a 10-second penalty. Yes, he did yes. pick up a 10-second penalty. Um, from here, it did largely... I'd actually forgotten... Because I just remembered this race as being a little bit more chaotic in terms of things. But it did actually settle down for most of the rest of it. Yeah, it did. It did. What we did see was the beginning of a real theme for the weekend as Dan Tictum put on a clinic in just mm-hmm. how to have otherworldly pace. Um, yeah. Here, because to be perfectly honest, from that lap one chaos, the only real notable notes I felt were taking was four Dan Tictum overtakes. He breezed <laughs> past Boshong into turn one. He yeah. breezed past Armstrong into turn one. He breezed past Daruvula into turn one. He breezed past Guan Yu Zhou into turn one, which lifted him all the way up to P2. And at this point, Robert Schwartzman had checked the fuck out, so he was never going to close that down. Yeah, there was a five-second gap, I believe, but, between um, Schwartzman and Tictum. Yes, and, and he did he did most of that within... Yeah, like well, he had P4 period. by lap eight, and I believe it was only a few laps mm. later that he took P2. So, yeah, he, they, they, he's been referred to as a street race expert by certain pundits within the, uh, the space. And, oh, he uh, absolutely is. He's, oh, my days, was he good. Oh, clinic. Oh. Let's see. We'll get to that. But, frankly, in terms of the stuff that I truly believe Dan Tickton was in control of, he was clinical this weekend. For me, mm-hmm. easily driver of the weekend. Uh, uh and I obviously he, I know he, ca- he carved a little bit in the feature race. Which I we'll I will get to because I vehemently disagree. Okay, yeah, all right, that's fair enough. It's it, it, was, he, a, it was a yeah. borderline, but yeah, no, he was impressive. Just the pace he shows where he was probably quickest on track yes. in terms of um, how he went. Everyone, Porsche, Porsche was the other Porsche, one. Porsche one pulled off a couple of really good moves to yes. bring himself up to P five. Armstrong dropped a bundle of spots right at the end. Yep, which unfortunately for him. Really could not afford with what how the rest of his weekend would go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big story out of this was Robert Schwartzman on the board for his first win of the season. Yes. That is massive for, I Clinical. think, the, um, probably the big preseason favourite for the championship mm-hmm. and that. And he has had some woes. Not entirely his fault, but he'd also had a little bit of lacking of pace. And he bounced back strong this weekend. Yeah, win, win was huge. Yeah, that um, was massive. And, um, <coughs> excuse me. God damn it. I completely lost my train of thought. Never mind. Yeah, okay. And that 10 second penalty for Drogovic, which was handed out at the end of the race, yes, dropped meant, him well out of the points. Yeah, so that, that, that gave, so it gave Ben Viscal. Gave Ben Viscal P10. Which was 
a little bit gutting because Lungard was 11th. Lungard was 11th, yes. Um, I, the other I thing, I don't know whether that. you know this or not, but uh, Yuri Vips nearly sent Ralph Boschung yes. to the shadow round because yes. they, they were racing the line and Vips was going side by side with Armstrong attempting to nick 7th. Yes. Boschung obviously finished a little bit in front of them about a second and that and checked up after the finish line and Vips going all the way out. So it was like, oh, Boschung's in front of me. So locked all the brakes and went straight at turn one. Thankfully, no contact there. Missed out by less than tenth of a second on peak. Uh, yeah, it was very, very close to the line. Which we've there's a real theme. We've seen that before in the F1 races at Baku. That's always how it goes. Mm. It's such a long straight because it's it's so unusual that the nature. As I've said on, I don't know whether I've just said it talking to you or whether I said it on the previous episode we had for Rear of the Grid. But the back straight and the front straight at Baku, like you know, unless you think of the straight between mm. turn two and three, or the you know the like the curling sweep straight. From I don't just the, from the castle section down to turn fifteen where everybody in Formula One ran into the wall, um, right. as the back straight like the like the back straight is you know when you come out of turn sixteen through a, a kind of you know little bit beyond like a sweeping right hander like a seventeen you go through that really sweepy chicane and that and then you go around that one sweeper to the right where we saw some big moments throughout the weekend and then it gets <laughs> technical then you're on the front straight. Like, but it's the same straight, and yeah. it's almost all taken completely flat, um, which means, yeah, you've got plenty of time to just slipstream. They've got, yes. like, I think that's the thing. Like, it's a fairly long DRS zone. Not the longest, but it's a fairly long DRS zone. But you've almost got as much straight before the DRS zone as you do after the DRS zone. And the toe is so massive. We've seen, you know, people mm-hmm. close right up. Yeah. I mean, we were seeing plenty of overtakes in both categories before the DRS even was activated. Yeah, and, the and toe is that often if you go too early, you can just, they can retain, reclaim the spot. With, with DRS, I'll take that back. Shout out to Pierre Gasly. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, Shout down to Charlotte yeah. Day. And the other, the other big thing, obviously, yeah, Tickton P two, Joe on the podium, which is good stuff. That yeah, Joe will have dropped off towards the end uh, there a little bit. Viscal and Beckman will you be your front row for sprint race two, and obviously, in terms of the other championship contenders, Piastri and Lawson now with, as we've said. That huge mountain to climb in sprint race two, starting from nineteenth and twentieth respectively. But so boy, oh boy! Anything, any, nothing, anything else had. <laughs> no, it was yeah, it was a solid race, but it wasn't the uh, the climax of the weekend. Sprint race one that oh, came to us courtesy of sprint race two, the one hundredth race in Formula Two. Yep, absolute barnstormer. Now, yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll, yeah. Now again, it all all take the start. Of this. So it all just kicked. Off. Once again, it kicked off by turn one. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, so they would have started. Well, Tictum started ninth. Joe would have started eighth. Yep. Um, Tictum obviously got a good enough result. They both ended up towards the right hand side of the track, which only one of them started on. But Tictum had a good enough start that he was sort of alongside, actually pushing in front of Joe. Or yeah, no, sorry, alongside enough. And then no, actually no, he was in front. Yeah. Narrowly in front. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, Joe um, found out after the race. Obviously, at the time, it just looked like he, I don't know, somehow completely fucked up and locked, like, every single brake. Had a stuck throttle. So, uh, Joe, okay. Guan Yu Joe was a passenger. Right. His own thing. But that meant that, yeah, with all the brakes, like, trying to rest the speed, had no real way of doing it. And he just sent, you know, Dan ticked him off into the dark dimension at turn one. Mm-hmm. Um, ticked him, however, was able to keep the car going and come back out into the field. Joe, obviously, with the throttle stuck and all of that, went off to enter the end of the skate road. He was out. So Tictum already as the guy who looked probably the paciest car in race one, suddenly bundled all the way down to the back. 
the other thing that you kind of miss in all of that, well, the next thing, next thing, because yeah, the next, yeah, that's where your eyeballs are drawn. The next thing we saw is Ben Viscal and David Beckman went side by side. Yes. I think turns three, four, and five before I think Beckman came out on top. Beckman, yeah, beautiful. Um, move. But the other thing beautiful that happened move. was Porcher tangling up with Boshong also in turn one whilst you were distracted with mm-hmm. Guan Yu Zhou um, just billowing smoke and annihilating Dan Tictum. Yes. Um, and that. I ended Boshong's race, um, and he's just streak of really, really good results, and would also give Porsche wing damage that they failed to identify yes, until, until right as the safety car the safety came car, back in, yes. which meant he pitted right at that, and instead of, as Tictum did, because Tictum pitted under the safety car, no, sorry, Tictum, no, Tictum didn't have damage, I'm thinking, I'm getting this confused with the, getting ahead of myself, no, yeah, but um, no. yeah, it meant rather than just being able to possibly pit in the three or four laps, of the safety car, and probably run back around and be pretty much just at the back of the train, he was then 30-odd seconds behind the train, mm-hmm. which um, hampered him a little bit, his initial sort of recovery. The other thing that came from this, and I don't know whether you've written it down exactly, but after basically this first lap chaos, like, I can't remember the exact spots, but Lee, Lawson and Piastri are up to, like, 13th and 15th. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got it. Um, so you had Drugovic and Vashore had both gained five places to go, P9 and P7, respectively. Lawson had gained seven spots to sit P13, mm. and Piastri was in P15 on the restart. Yes. And that's obviously, like, everyone had an inherited spot. Uh, yeah, so there was places. obviously four cars, because I, I, I loosely, I was... Zendeli didn't my, make it past turn one. Doing Yes, my, I was doing my best to keep track of legitimate things, and a couple of those overtakes would have just been in the chaos of cars firing everywhere, but yes. obviously those spots they gained, so those lads will affect... Well, I think for all, actually... I don't, yeah, no, for all of them, though, well, yeah, no, those five spots would have been, yeah, so anyone who only gained five spots, which you said was No, I think four, and, four is the base, because Zendeli... No, no, because Zendeli failed to get past turn one, Boshong was turn one, yeah. Porsche dropped a bunch, didn't but he, drop heaps Porsche of, dropped after the safety car, so this is before Porsche has gone back. A couple of them might have got past, the guys who got past five spots, I think for sure, and... At least one of Vashaw and Dragovich um, might have got past Porsche. Yeah, Vashaw Vosh- Vosh- had. Vashaw Vosh- Vosh- got was all five of his, three of his. Yes. Because, yeah, and then you obviously had Joe and Ticktum had yeah. dropped a bundle of spots. But, yeah, for most of them, yeah, four four free spots. Vosh- it also, also meant had the that Robert Schwartzman inherited P6 from P10. Yes. So Snuck it was there, like a little that. Rough. But we got going with the restart, and Dan Ticktum went straight back into God mode, yep. pulled off a big double overtake on Samaya and, I don't know, Sato, Sato or Doletta or fucking someone, but mm. like got past both of them with time to spare down the front straight. Was just yeah, just making making moves, powering his way through, and then um, well, if you ask Roy Nassani, <laughs> Richard Vashaw, who had previously and uh, it wasn't in the highest packet, but Vashaw just quickly before I know what you mean, but yeah. by lap six because this happened on lap six, Tictum had already earned P fourteen from fifteen. Yes, Lawson and Pia- Lawson was. Oh. Lawson P11, Piastri P12, and Drugovic was up to P7. Yeah, so they'd all made a couple more And then Roy Nassani did what Roy yeah, Nassani so does I think Vashaw had tangled with Viscal or someone that he was racing with, a much, much more minor thing. I can't exactly remember who Viscal was, was a little bit all over the place. Um, so it may not have been... Uh, he was. He had, he had someone he'd made a little bit of contact with, but then, yeah, Roy Nassani took it one better. And, you know, like, yeah, because Vashore had locked a break and hit someone because they speculated that possibly he was breaking ever so slightly early because he would have lost a bit of confidence. But, like, Nassani was a fair way back. And, yeah, Nassani said, oh, you know, he, like, braid tested me. But, no, I th- I'm pretty sure anyone would just, yeah. 
Roy Nisani, yet again, ran out of talent, massively outbraked himself, careered into the back of a short, taking him out, mm-hmm. which added another two effective freeze positions because Nisani also went off down the escape road, added another couple of free positions to, um, well, Tickton was the most notable one, and but also, also Lawson car. and Piastri who were behind that. Um, it also gave us the best vision of the weekend as Richard Vashore. For sure, ironically, clapped Roy Nisani. Yes. yes, that was great. Spectacular. Total um, sad. And yes, uh... Yeah, gave us the second safety Probably car sense. and that. And I'm guess, do you have the positions written down of where they oh, were? A little the safety bit. Well, car for a start, it means Porsche was able to catch back up to the grid. Yes, and, that was big. Which is what you like to see. Yeah, upon the restart, you had, upon the second restart, you had Lundgaard up to P8 <coughs> for now. Yes. You had Liam Lawson P9, Tickton P10, and Piastri P11, which is mental. Yes. And then out of this restart, you saw Vizcal try an, an or he tried a lot of audacious moves in this race that didn't always pan. Like it was entertaining. He was having a crack. He was having a crack. He was absolutely having a crack, but maybe just not quite as crack worthy as a as a as David Beckman up there. But yeah, he tried to move on Vips that the Estonian kind of just saw off. He was like, yeah, no, I'm good, mate. I'll I'll keep this P two. And then in the background, you kind of just see a car zoom off into the distance. Yep. Just and I think, I'm, I'm trying to think who I thought it was. I think I thought it was for sure. Mate, I knew something. it instantly. I was like, my brain, because my dickhead I can't brain, remember. I, it didn't, this has it, to be I thought I saw Blue or something. Yeah, I yeah. Actually, no, I, actually, no, I know what I thought it was. I thought it was Tictum. I, oh, I genuinely, okay. and I've just gone, because at this point, and we'll get that, I, after his race one performance, I, I was so impressed. And then when he got completely, like, just taken away from him, Oh, you're um, and all, and the way you're on that, him. Yeah, yeah, I was so on board. That's the thing. Drogovic turned mm-hmm. heel in sprint race one. I, I genuinely think, at least halfway through the weekend, I personally think just the weekend as a whole. But Dan Tictum turned massively face heel. Absolutely. Like, he Absolutely. became the guy I think you were getting behind because, you know, you were like, that was, he was his thing. He would have been absolute, considering where he'd driven from in sprint race one. He was absolutely going to be a contender for the podium again in this race before mm-hmm. he had to go all by effectively start it from the back. And I've generally gone, oh, God, no, I think that was ticked him. Fuck. And then it cuts. And I was like, because I, 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 yeah, I remember I was watching this first thing in the morning. Um, actually, so, so I, and I yelled out and then instantly I messaged our other housemate. I was like, oh, dude, I'm sorry if I'm being too loud. Mm. And I was a bit like, oh, and then it, like, it cuts away. It flashes. It cuts the thing. And I was, obviously, as my brain is processing, I'm like, oh, it wasn't ticked him. Didn't need to yell. Oh, no, wait, no, it's long gone. Yell's still justified. Yell's fine, yeah. Um, but although at this point, I mean, I was, I'd, as, as a guy who's a Lungard fan, along with probably Piastri as my two favourites, in theory, now they are Jean Porsche. At this point in time, God, I'm glad it was Lungard, not Tickton. Like, I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much consigned to it's, it's not going to happen this year for Lungard. I believe this um, was the point where you, you started talking about how Lungard will end up being one of your favourite IndyCar drivers in the future. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm. I, I've legitimately, I've come to the conclusion. Like, I just. <laughs> Well, considering he's got Piastri, who's just looking to buy and Joe, who is fronting as the, you know, the favourite for the championship, are yeah. both in the same academy as him. Yeah. And you're only going to have... I mean, there may not even be a spot at Alpine for the next few years, but at best there's going to be one. Yeah. I've Yeah, I just, you know, Christian, Christian Lungard's either going to, you know, fail to make Formula 1. Well, he'll either be the reason I start watching Formula E... <laughs> he'll he'll move to he'll move to IndyCar and in a couple of years time when Scott Dixon finally retires he'll inherit the role of my favorite IndyCar driver mm. or yeah he's just gonna you know go into tin tops into GT racing and you know every few years when I actually remember to get around to tune into Le Mans he'll be the car I'm cheering for at Le Mans. That's but right. um, 
Yeah, it so was, that was... It was pretty brutal. You had uh, Christian, you had Liam Lawson and Felipe Drugovic going three, three wide, wide into one a lot of A lot of seeing three wide just didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work at all. And yeah, Felipe um, made contact with Lungard, who spun out into the barriers. But, uh, interesting to note that I believe no one got any time penalties from this one. Mm. Um, and I think that's the thing. And I think that was fair enough. That was just one of those things. They're all racing for sheep stations and that. Like, I don't think Lawson did anything wrong by going no. up the inside. No. And the thing, there's nowhere Drogovic could go. But it was very so, similar to another incident that yes. happened the next day. But at the same time, you also had Viscal <laughs> dueling with Armstrong. Yes. A bit of back and forth, and Armstrong made the decision to go around the outside, and apparently he had cold tires. Well, they all would have had cold tires. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Tires were cold, grip wasn't there, and that, yes. and, you know, really, I mean, obviously a mistake on Armstrong's part, but one that was, you know, unfortunate, not that's a thing, like, ever, lots of people went. Yeah, and he locked up, he like drove that. into a wall. And, and, you know, yes. They brought out a virtual safety car for the, for the third kind of stoppage of the race. And one note I have here, at this point in time, this was only like lap fucking eight or something. Yeah. It like, all, yeah. this had all, like, insane start to this race. Yeah, it was mental. And then upon um, this restart, you had Liam Lawson in P6 having started 20th, Tictum P7 having started 19th, and Piastri P9 having started 19th. And I think Portia had started making no, his way No, Tictum was restarted 19th. You can't so have yeah, two yeah, guys yeah, start so 19th, yeah. but yes. Having re- yeah, Tictum having been sent so to that, 19th. So that, that's, that's the thing. The other two obviously that, but like that was the crazy. That was, for me, that was the craziest thing. Like obviously the other two had started at the back, but they got the benefit of that initial absolute chaos where four guys dropped down and a few other things. Tictum had now inserted himself between the two, yeah. having restarted, what, four spots below Piastri and seven Seven below Lawson. Yes. And that. And so, yeah. And all was, three of them are driving brilliantly, this, by the way. At this point in time, yeah. No, at this point in time, I thought saying, like, all three of them, a lot of on-track overtakes. Lawson, I actually, we'll get to that. I actually worked out in the end. Lawson actually had the most, which I didn't realize. But I was thinking Tick oh, no, he was, away. He was, Lawson was on one. Well, Lawson had oh, a very good weekend as well. Some bad them. luck that well, came his way, but he was pretty impressive, I thought. Yeah, I mean. And every time, every time Liam Lawson and Oscar Piastri drive side by side, it is Oh, I have watch. two different notes in the in two different races with Lawson and Piastri side by side. Oh, and it's always just clean and tight and just good to Because, yeah, the next thing start. that happened here was Vips Vips took the lead off Beckman. Yes. Um, and then just well, Beckman, the out. Beckman had started really well at every single restart until this one. Yes. Vips just was like, okay, yeah, that's mine now. Thank um, you. And then Liam Lawson turned his engine off. Yes. Um, going through, just yes. about coming up to the castle section, I think. Yes. Because suddenly it was just going slow, and because um, one thing I will say, so I knew, I knew again, because I follow Oscar on Twitter, and yeah. typically I do look at Twitter when I first wake up in the morning, just instinctively. So I knew Piastri came P8, mm-hmm. and so there were various points in time where cars, when everything was running, I was basically, particularly, obviously, Tictum had gone to the back. Once Tictum was back ahead of Piastri, and that I'm sitting there going, I'm counting down. I'm like, obviously Piastri can make some on tracks, but I'm like, a few more guys mm-hmm. probably need to like end up out of this race for that. And so up until the point where Piastri got to eighth, which is what had happened around this restart when I believe he got past Drogovic. Yeah, he passed Drogovic. Um, again, once Tictum was in front of me, <laughs> mate, all I was thinking, I was like, oh, it's going to be Tictum. Tictum's going to end up, Tictum's going to be pushing too hard, put himself in a fence. That's how Piastri gets back into it. So once you, mate, the sigh of relief I breathed once Oscar was in P8, and I was like, okay, unless he's losing a spot to someone, everyone who's in front of him is staying in front of him, which means Dan is finishing no eighth and seventh, which will take from P19... Oh, yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. But, yeah, suddenly Lawson's going slow, Tictum and Piastri go to pie, and then he just gets the pace back, and you're like, oh, that was weird. Yep. And then, yeah, found it after the race, and then he basically said he thinks, you know, yeah, they momentarily lost the power, and he said, yeah, wasn't completely certain that it was him, 
But he said, you know, it might have been, you know, he said a bit silly on his if he did. And then, you know, when they asked him about, you know, the feature race and that, he was like, oh, well, just, you know, don't turn the engine off. Yeah, he was um, trying to change brake bias yes. and flip the switch for his engine. Yes. Well, at least it wasn't an engine map. Which, yeah. <laughs> he, like, I, I'm loving mm. Liam Lawson right now because he is, I think, had been one of the... Always something happening. One of the most exciting driving, racing throughout oh, the yeah. season so far. Shown a lot of talent, but he makes the dumbest mistakes and it just, it puts a <laughs> smile on the face. It really does. That, no, that's, that's fair. That's it's, fair. It's good. It's, um, it's good. Yeah, so that dropped Lawson below Tictum and Piastri. We then had Lawson and Piastri have an epic side-by-side battle for mm. two or three corners, yep. which will Lawson get back by through that section. That, similar section, through the same section as Beckman and um, Viscal, I believe. The same section as Armstrong and Viscal. Viscal and Beckman just, and Viscal at the yeah, start yeah, of the race. Yeah, that that right. turn yeah, yeah. three, four, five section as you're heading up towards yes. the castle section. Yeah, when you come yeah. off the... Back straight. You come off the second DRS straight. <laughs> you go left into three, yeah. a very short straight, right into four, then a similar a kind of medium length straight down to five. And yeah, and they went side by side through all three of those before I believe um, Lawson got it at turn five. And yeah. it was very, very good. Um, and that was pretty much the race. Lost in kind of all of this and then a couple of those that Porsche was yes. also carving his way back up through and had a brilliant drive. So yeah, race came to close. Vips had checked out and won ahead of Beckman and Daruvala. Sportsman, I think, came home P5. Yes, he did. For more really good points. And then, yeah, the big one. So, Dan Tickton, P6 from restarting 19th. He made five and a half on track legitimate. And he's the one that I still think in many ways probably the most because I know the other guys, obviously, you know, we, we worked out Lawson and Piastri made – Lawson definitely in that first lap made more spots than just the four guys who got yes, taken out. Yes, he did. But – I've got to assume at least a couple of those extra spots were probably guys who were, you know, all over. All of Tickton's overtakes were single file proper racing overtakes. Mm. He made five prop, like five absolute definite ones. And half was Liam Lawson turning his engine off. Yes. Um, <laughs> Lawson finished P7th uh, from P20 with seven on track overtakes. Piastri P8 for that final point, but three points because he got fastest lap, which was big. Yep. From P19 with five on track overtakes, and Porsche recovered from being 19th after the pit stop, and that to get P9, which unfortunately mm. yields him absolutely nothing, but he made six on track overtakes to get there. Um, so yeah, he was very, very unlucky not to at least scrape some points from it. But yeah, this was yeah. absolute, this was just. And we had a couple of we had some cracking races in Bahrain, and I'm almost like want to go back and watch the Bahrain races again to try really com- well comparison <laughs> to this one. But that might have been race of the season, as much as a farce as some of it. Again, so many people getting sent into fences and things like that. But like that is kind of sprint racing, and that's the thing for me. This one less because yeah, but like yeah, oh, just very yeah. very entertaining race. Yeah, the heartbreak obviously for guys like for sure. And by the way, the man you tipped to win a race this weekend in Azerbaijan, I did. I Richard did. Vichor. Well, I mean, look, I was, I was, <laughs> I'll give myself point two five of a point. Yeah. Okay. No, no, okay. No, because because that's what wasn't for sure, but I was half right with because I said he'd, he'd end up in one of those. He'd either qualify like tenth or something, or he'd race up to tenth in mm. sprint race one. Is that? And I was half right because it was the other Dutchman in Bent Viscale. Yes. And then I'm only giving myself half of a half point because he obviously couldn't quite get the job done. But right. I was on the right train of thought, like yeah. with a real – like it wouldn't just be, you know, whichever of the championship contenders was a bit lower down in qualifying won the first sprint race and whoever was a little bit off in 
the first sprint race and thus all who are qualified at the front would then get back and win the other sprint race. It was it was an out, it was outsiders in Beckman and Biscal. So mm. I was on the right line of thought. Execution didn't end up happening, unfortunately. Indeed, but um, no, impressed with Beckman's drive. I thought he's that's he's his second really second podium in his young career. He's a yeah sprint race two master. He's uh he's showing he's shown a, a bit of talent so far. The first three rounds, first three of nine rounds. You love to see it. But um yeah, and Derivola with some handy points in P three there. He's actually what Derivola's seventh in the driver standings with fifty three points, just two behind he's, yeah, Porsche. He's, he's, you know, which he's surprises gonna be, me because he's I always gonna be there or thereabouts. Yeah, he's sort of yeah, he goes okay. about it. He's had a lot of fanfare, and obviously we, Tickton's kind of stealing the the limelight there for Carlin at the moment. Yeah. But Derivola's been pretty solid too. Um, and yeah, good for him to get some points off for a disappointing sprint race one where he lost out on that podium to regain a podium for the sprint race two. Yes. Good for him. Yes. But uh, yeah, sprint race two, bang up. And we get to the feature race. Yes. And more drama happened at the feature race. Not well, quite as chaotic. It was maybe a step below chaos. I don't know what that would be. Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, anarchy's still pretty bad. Above, I'd argue anarchy's above chaos. Entropy. Um, Entropy yeah, at the feature know. race. Yeah. Sure. Okay. That's a word, I guess. <laughs> it is a word. Um, it a started word. before the race, though. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. The, first of all, the fucking, the scenes, Formula 2, if there's one narrative in Formula 2, it's that Guan Yu Zhou will go, unless he's on, like, pole. Actually, no, I think he did it from pole in Bahrain, didn't he? Guan yes, Yu Zhou will run the alternate strategy yes. no matter what. And he's a yes. fucking king at it. Only one car ran the alternate strategy here. Obviously, in that largely due to the fear of an early safety car, like... In theory, if you're running the alternate strategy, all the early run on lap six when everyone can pit to take off their mm. softer compound tires, they do that. Safety car comes out and you're not quite in the right position to, you know. And there had been jump safety straight cars in, in that, every single race, thing. yes. And then the field all compresses, then you know, they're already on their tires and you're gonna, yeah. Any mm. advantage you've built up. So only one car went for it. But it wasn't Guan Yu Zhou, it was Jack Aitken. Jack Aitken. And you're like, all right, all right. And then he, we had an aborted start because he and Nini both stalled on the grid and you're like, well, that's that's gone great. Now Aitken starting from the back. Thankfully, he was able to get re-going without losing any laps. Mm. I think he probably came out. Took him up because he definitely wasn't going right when the rest of them started. So he got lucky, he was obvious, but he didn't drop a lap and then... You know, very quickly he was right on the tail of the field yeah, for reasons we get yeah. to. The Nini, I don't believe, did start the race. He retired. Um, yeah. Then, I've never so, yeah. seen two formation laps before. It was quite Now, this is where we had two, two very, yeah, two notable incidents and in that. And I'm, I don't know whether you maybe want to take your take on walking us through them and then out, because I've got fairly strong opinions on both. So I'm, I'll, I'll let you walk us through the first few corners to see what your take of it was yep. before I get into how I viewed it all. I'll touch on the racing and then lead into the incidents, as you so aptly put it. Because yeah, every single lap one over this weekend in Azerbaijan had some interesting duels and some fascinating crashes. You had Vips and Lawson starting, obviously, one and two, just going for it straight away. Um, with a little bit of contact, a little bit of side-by-side, Vips... Kind of got the better of that and scooched ahead for P1. Yes. Piastri had a rocket start, took P2 from Lawson. And then you had it was Armstrong, Tictum, and Porcher, I think. Yeah. In a three-man scuffle going three yeah. wide into, was it turn one or turn two? Turn three. Turn three. Well, there you go. Standing into the, yeah, the, strip, the longest Yes. Uh, Armstrong and I believe Porsche both retired. Tictum had to pit for a new wing and he so got done for uh, 10 seconds. 
You've completely left out the other thing that happened. But before that, what was it? Lawson... Yeah, you've got that. So did Lawson, a bit of a defensive so swerve. So after, after, after losing out to... And this is going to be hard to truly explain. I think the only way anyone's going to really understand this is if you make the point to go off and find... It wouldn't be that hard to do, but have a look at the footage yourself if you are listening to this and you care. Um, so yeah, so Lawson loses that battle through turn one for with Vips, and Vips takes lead. And then he janks just so hard left, and Pilcher's got a bit of a run of him. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. If it was just he covered off, it would have been that. But Porsche was starting to pull off the side of him, which, <coughs> which meant as he went left and just continued going left and left and left into the pit exit, he forced Porsche to follow that same trajectory. And he came very close to... From front on, it looks bad. And that. And, you know, he's running him off, especially because, obviously, the nature of the pit lane, that wall's kind of at an angle, which means, you know, when you're in that, in theory, there is a wall in front of you, not just to the side of you as it comes out before it levels out into the standard wall running parallel to the actual racetrack. Yeah. So he's running him off into that pit lane, in, yeah, into that pit lane exit and everything before he comes back across and there's enough room and they both get through, they don't hit the fence or whatever and that. And at the time I was like, oh, that was a bit aggressive and everything. It wasn't sure. But, you yeah, know, when you see the replay again, you're like that. And then it was the area one that really showed it. Like, mm-hmm. they were getting very... They, he pushed him very close to that wall. And they were getting very close to the point in time when one or both of them would have been basically running at a almost 45-degree angle into the end of the pit exit wall. Like, he came on the radio afterwards, and they eventually told him when he came in, in for his pit stop, and like, you know, we're pitting this lap. We've got a 10-second penalty. And he, he was like, oh, you know, what for? And they were like, you know, for, um, like, blocking on Porsche. And he was like, oh, I didn't do anything to Porsche. And it was like, mate... You went full Michael Schumacher on Rubens Barrichello to him. Like, you... On it, like, if that had... I mean, this is a strong... This is a little bit strong. But, like, if that had gone all the way and there was contact in the barriers, I think you could make a genuine case to try, like, you know, try him for, like, attempted vehicular manslaughter. Because, like, completely unnecessary at this point. It's turn one of a 28-lap race. Mm. And he has blocked and run someone all the way to within, like, inches of a fairly high-speed, high-impact collision with the barriers. Absolute fucking joke. He completely deserved 10 seconds for that. Yeah. I mean, five of that, but, like, he had no case to answer in terms of whether or not to receive a penalty there. Like, that's just... Like, that's... Realistically, that's not on, on lap 28 out of the 29 lap race. But it was a mm. lap one. You've got the whole race to make that one spot back up. I just, like, yeah. I was incredibly disappointed seeing that from Liam Lawson. And I thought, you know, and to my knowledge, I don't think Porsche kicked up much of a stink about it. Probably because he had other things to talk other about two to, corners yeah, later. But, yeah. like, he would have been right within his, well, within his rights to be like, the fuck was this guy doing? Mm. Like, you know, considering how annoyed collectively people were getting at Roman, Roman Grosjean for slight changes of line in breaking zones at, like, Silverson and that last year in the Formula 1. Yes. This yes. was so much more egregious. Like, this is, again, a car side-by-side side with you, and you're... And it's not, like... Maybe... Yeah, actually, what I was going to say, maybe he doesn't know he's there, and that... We're seeing stuff like that sometimes that maybe they genuinely... They weren't like, gang on side-by-side. But, side, like, at the same time... Was- he had to know he was there. Otherwise, mm. why... Like, there's no way Liam Lawson just felt like, ah, oh, the best racing line I can take is to go across into the pit exit, then come back on. Yeah. He knew Porsche had a run on him mm-hmm. and was prepared to, yeah, run him all the way over to eventually force... I think Porsche was the one who had to back out of it. Otherwise, he was going into the fence. Yeah. Um, then, yes, we got through two corners later. Porsche was now behind Armstrong because of that and having to fight back at him. He was pulling alongside Armstrong. 
Tickton had a huge run and pulled genuinely alongside Porsche. Porsche was only about halfway up on Armstrong. Mm. They all now they all stayed side by side into turn three, and pretty much I, to, for me, I mean, I think Tickton reckons Porsche hit Armstrong first. To be honest, it was pretty much simultaneous. I think basically Tickton made contact with Porsche at the exact same time Porsche made contact with Armstrong as Armstrong kind of turned down. And to me, that's the thing. This one was just like. We, we talked about it in race two where three cars went into turn one side by side. Yeah. Didn't work out. For me, this was a racing incident. Now, that's the thing. To be honest, could Tickton have backed out of it? Did Tickton need to put himself in there? Probably not. But he had such a huge run and was possibly expecting Porsche. That's the thing. Porsche was the one who wasn't far enough up on Armstrong. Like, if I use other categories, rules of judgment of one, when or not it's a racing incident or you're at fault for taking out the other driver in that. Like, V8 supercars, you've got to be past the B pillar, which if you think of, like, a standard four-door car, the A pillar is that bit that runs, like, is the support column that runs at the windscreen. Mm. The B pillar is the one between the front door and the back door. So you've got to be halfway up the car. Yeah. Otherwise, you are at fault for the contact. Yeah. Because you weren't far enough up. And if you use apply that rule, like, Tickton was completely alongside Porsche. Mm-hmm. Porsche wasn't far enough on an Armstrong. Armstrong also probably could... Now, I don't know whether they could have even made the corner any, but Armstrong probably could have not taken such an aggressively, like, trying to stick to the racing line. He really did turn down into the corner. And it all just led to, yeah, they all arrived basically the same piece of track and that. Yes. Now, for whatever reason, the stewards, I guess, just went, oh, well, Tickton was the one on the inside and he was the last one to arrive at the side-by-side. So it's his fault and he got 10 seconds. Okay, but the... <sighs> It's worth noting, I believe Porsche and Armstrong both retired. Yes. So, Obviously, they couldn't get a penalty. Yeah. But, but would they still report that they would have given them a penalty? Had that no, no, been but the that's case? the thing. They were only one bloke's going to get a penalty. It's not like they would have all given them 10 seconds. Because mm-hmm. if you're giving them all 10 seconds, guess what that is? A racing incident. And yeah, then they just yeah, move yeah. on. Yeah, true. They felt Dan Tickton was at fault, and it was Dan Tickton's fault that two other drivers were out of the race. Mm. And that's fucking bullshit. Because... That's Armstrong probably the least to blame in this. He was at the front of the queue and that he probably probably wouldn't, he wouldn't have realised Porsche. And that's the thing. Porsche probably without Tickton there might have just had enough room to avoid contact, but it would have been close and that. That's the thing. So he doesn't necessarily know Tickton's there to turn down. But, like, mm-hmm. Porsche wasn't far enough up on Armstrong. It's also turn three of the first lap in that. And I would have felt, that's the thing. I felt, you know, surely that is just, yeah, racing incident. Everyone's the thing. Tickton could have pulled out, but Porsche could have pulled out. Armstrong could have not turned down as aggressively. It's, it's, Everyone played a role yes. in it being the incident it was. And certainly the other thing is, that's the thing, to say that that accident, and obviously it took two people out, and I guess that's the thing, but to say that that was as bad from Tickton as Lawson, Lawson on Porsche. Tr- effectively running Porsche into the fence. And Drugovich driving into Piastri yeah. on day one. Well, I, that's the thing. I Yeah. I mean, the Drugovich, same 10 Drugovich, seconds. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't think the Drugovich one, like, you know, Drugovich, Drugovich probably didn't need 10 seconds, so that's to be perfectly honest, but even... Because it was a, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's still the early parts and it's a lock break. Like, that is, and you he know... And he didn't lock up. He just, he missed it. Like, he, he yeah, made a still, mistake. It's the, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, how much did they give Roy Nassani? Because it's... Obviously uh, it's well, Nassani was out of the race, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, they might have given Nassani 10. Yeah, no, I, that's... Nassani's yeah. was way worse than Drogovic's. You're further into the race, though. Chaos happens. It's that same point I made when, um... Swartzman, I, th- I didn't think Swartzman deserved 10 seconds in Bahrain mm. when he's happened in the run-up to turn three because it's everyone's going everywhere on lap one. It's not quite... But, like, yeah, this was... I uh, just... When it happened, I was like... Again, my instant thing... Because at this point, I became so... so I was so on board with Tickton's weekend. 
Now, instantly, I was like, he's going to get a penalty for this, which is going to have massive ramifications, especially because I was just like, that's the thing, mm. the nature of that, you know, I was like, I wasn't convinced that, you know, all it takes is one late race safety car or whatever, and that's completely fucked because you've got 10 seconds, you're going to have a massive drop like Drogovic did, where he's 10 seconds dropped him completely out of the points. But, like, I was also that thing, I was just like, obviously, I know I'm a little bit in favour of teaching it, but, like, as I said, in theory, if we um, – Taking out individual storylines that develop on a weekend, Porsche is my third favorite driver on the grid, and it's only marginal behind. Like that's the thing. he's only behind Piastri because Piastri is Australian, and he's only behind Lungard because Lungard is the slightly more established one in F two. Because Porsche was along with Piastri my favorite driver in F three last season. Yes. So and like, he was out from the race, but like I still don't think Tickton deserves. 10 seconds there. No. Um, and, and again, that, especially when you compare it to what happened the race before yeah. with Drugovic, Lungard, and Lawson, which was pretty much identical. No, so that's it. Well, the only difference there was Lawson was a little bit further up the inside mm. and I guess only one car, but that's a thing. It was still, like, similar thing. And anyways, yeah, like, you could argue that, you know, the other one was worse. Like, three into one was never going to work here and that. So contact was always inevitable, any one of that. The other one, maybe this is, but the other one, like, you can fit three cars through turn one, I think. Mm. So surely someone deserves a penalty there because they fucked up and they didn't manage to get three cars through. I don't know. Uh, what it meant was as well, and I also knew the other thing was, like, Tickton was going to have wing damage, which he did. So not only was he going to pick, I knew he was probably likely to pick up a penalty. So he already was at the back. I he came it wasn't, out 11th. It wasn't just like, oh, no, 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 he didn't. He came out, he pitted. Yeah, he was last. Yeah, yeah, he was, right. Oh, sorry, he we would have been, oh, sorry. He wasn't last because he was still ahead of Aiken, who was that far behind everyone by the time mm-hmm. they got his car back going, that he was able to make the pit stop and still be in front of Aiken. And he might have been in front of, like, Deletter or something as well, who I think possibly also picked up damage in a different incident and pitted. Yeah. Um, oh, and um, Samaya picked up a puncture, I think, and pitted. So he stayed ahead of Samaya. It was Samaya, yeah, it was Samaya and Aiken he was still ahead of. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so he pitted, he put on the mediums to effectively run the alternate strategy. It was interesting. This was one of those moments where, I, I mean, I don't like to genuinely like this thing. I'm obviously, I'm not like an expert or whatever. I'm not actually saying I'm better than that. But it was one of those ones where, I guess, because I've got so much else I think about, every and again I had moments where I'm like, I see something that the commentators just don't seem to, like both um, Billy Munger, possibly even um, Alex Jacks, and I blanked on what her name is, but the female commentator. Alice. Have, yes. Something. But um, but we're Alice. kind of kind of <laughs> querying why he'd make the tire change there because obviously before lap six you can make a pit stop and do fix damage and everything, but it doesn't count as your mandatory pit stop. It's not you're okay. running both compounds, and that um, and they, so they made they made a query of why he's done that. But I was sitting there, I was like, well, it's so obvious. He's going to be down the back. He might as well now try and run the alternate and see if that works out. That's why he's done it, which is what he did. He ran mediums most of the race and went back onto softs. But like I was mm-hmm. like, that was so obvious what he was doing. He's effectively the race is re- it's effectively just a restart of the race. And now because he's starting last, he's trying the alternate strategy because he's starting last. He might as well do something different and see how it works yeah, out. It worked out pretty, pretty um, well for him. He ended up yeah. So he points. came out. He was that's obviously, and I'm not. I didn't bother to fully check the work, but so obviously Tickton was very frustrated on the radio when he found out, you know, he had a penalty and everything like that. But I really don't think his anger was that unreasonable and that I thought, like, we've heard plenty of drivers have that sort of, like, he, he swears a little bit more than some do, 
We've had so many drivers have that level, you know, that sort of... Yuki Tsunoda. You know, reaction to, like, no driver for the most part, unless they genuinely... I mean, sometimes they do recognise they are fully at fault and that. Like, as I said, I pointed out in Bahrain, where Tictum had one, and he just completely took on the gym because he knew he completely fucked up. Yes. And that. But any driver who's into something like that and doesn't really feel it was their fault, that's the reaction they have and that. And so I think, you know... I can understand this thing. And again, so there's another, this is another case of there is social Matt, media. social media so nuances. Just Very nice. Bring up Dan Tictum's Instagram. Good quickly. research, mate. Um, yes. Me. So Dan Tictum, um, yeah, so Dan Tictum Instagram, Instagram post to do with race three in <coughs> Baku. Tough one. The cars in front of T3 braked so early, so I went for the gap. The car on the right properly squeezed the car in the middle, which left me with no room. I don't know why that's entirely the assessment I agree with, but it's fair enough. The car in the middle actually made contact with the car on the outside before I made any contact at all. That I disagree with, but I think that's a moot point. To get a 10-second penalty for that is beyond ridiculous, but it's all happened now. That part, I do that, you know. I do think the 10 seconds were ridiculous. The pace was obscene, so I really think I could have won, the t- won today. Yes. <laughs> For all the people sat on their sofas giving me shit about getting angry on the radio, try putting yourself in my position. I worked my balls off since I was a young boy to try to get to Formula 1, and this is my last year to get there. And when moments like that occur in the moment, you feel like it's slipping away from you. Imagine being so close to your dream and feeling like it's slipping away. It's not easy, believe me. So, of course, and that... That, I think, is completely fair. Like, he, Dan Tictum, I mean, all of these guys, but Dan Tictum has so much on stake here. And that's the kind of thing. Like, you know, week when this is all said and done, if Dan Tictum loses this championship by, like, 15 points or something, this is easily a moment you can point to be like, well, that's where it is. Because, to be perfectly honest, with the pace he'd shown this weekend, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he wouldn't have caught but, like, I think it's a very safe bet to say Dan Tictum probably would have won this race. With the most, it was the most, yeah, yeah the ma- most amount of laps in that. We saw, because that's, I don't know, that's the thing. If he had had longer in sprint race one and that, and, you know, may- maybe it would have only been P2 because Vips is very good in this race. But, like, he, he would have been up he's, there. He he's getting he at least double, sure. if not more than double the points he did eventually in this race. Yes. And that. The fact and that's he still the came back to score yeah, points oh, yeah. impresses it. Impresses and that, that just shows itself. the pace he had. That's yeah. the thing. So, you know. He's right. There's so much to say for that. And he did also, you know, say apologizes for the language he used in that. But, like, yeah. So People I thought it was a fair point. Max Verstappen. Verstappen Sonoda doing a lot of stuff. And that's the thing. Verstappen, Verstappen swore um, in the post-qualifying interview. Yes. Where they don't have a chance to bleep it out because it's live. Yes. Team radio, before they play team radio to us, it's gone through all the people in the truck and they mm-hmm. send some of those messages. Yes. So... There's not a, I don't yeah. see what the issue is. So, yeah, Tictum restarted 17th. We've spent a lot of time on that because it was something that, I, well, yeah, I said, I felt very strongly on it. Um, that brought us to obviously the restart and another Lawson and Piastri battle, mm-hmm. which was again brilliant. Oh, yeah. Um, Richard Vashore decided he too could do a Roy Nassani um, and completely fuck the braking into turn one ending yeah. Viscal's race. Lawson was then given that 10 second. That obviously, so both him and Tictum were able to stop them under um, pit stops. Yes. Because obviously they had pit stops come. Can't remember exactly where Lawson came back out after his. 13th. 13th. And I don't, well, unfortunately, because I was watching the highlights, I didn't have a chance to, because I wanted to see, that's it, it's one time I was that, because I wanted to see where he came out and then where 10 seconds further the track was. But I imagine it cost him at least four or five spots, all things said. Mm. 
In this cycle of pit stops, Piastri had an unsafe release into the path yep. of Drugovic, which gave seconds. him five seconds. And at this point, I was really, really on edge because I was <laughs> like, it's going to be another safety car at some point. And then that's probably not going to knock him out of the points if he can stay up P2 because the natural spread, even if it's a one-lap dash, you're probably going to have more than five seconds between P2 and P10. But like, it's going to drop him from P2 and 15 points to like P8 and four points or something. That's not ideal. Um then Guan Yu Zhou went on a three-wide with, I think, Beckman and someone else and went way too deep. Never locked the brake, but went way too deep and opted for kind of staying in it and taking the corner and just hoping he didn't hit the barrier. And for most of it, I was like, he's in the fence, he's in the fence, he's in the fence. He didn't hit the fence. And my and I said this to you away from this and that just oh, while I was watching the race and that. When it happened, and I was like... And my initial reaction was... When, if Guan Yu Zhou wins this championship, this is the moment we look back to and say, this is where he won the world championship because he should have had another DNF, really. And if he came away with, like, eight points or something like that, obviously not that. But, yeah. As it turned out, there wasn't a safety car for the rest of the race. That's where a safety car could have been, to be honest. And that's the thing. One safety car compressing the field again could have easily led to more safety cars. So it ended up turning out that when all was said and done, that's the moment where Piastri wins this world championship. That's the moment you can go back and point that Kwon Yuzhou actually yeah. lost the world championship by not yeah. crashing because he ended up finishing outside the points. Yes. So it was really a moot point that he finished this race. He scored now. But it effectively meant that Piastri was just able to keep building time on other people. So Piastri, to skip ahead a little bit, Piastri didn't drop any spots. He came home uh-huh. P2 and his five-second penalty left him in P2. <laughs> um, Lawson was pulling off a... Great recovery drive from mm. his oh, He drove wonderfully this weekend. Uh, Joe had a bit of a sook on the radio because he had no pace and his engineer told him to shut up because there was nothing they could do and he didn't want to hear it anymore. And that was very <laughs> funny. Um, ticked him, obviously everyone else pitting and ticked him that and having been ahead of Aitken, ticked him, cycled through to be at the front of the race where he was showing very strong pace. He was only ever so slightly losing time to Vips and I don't think two or three further cars back than Bips, and he really wasn't losing time to them. Yeah. And again, I don't know exactly, but when it was all said and done, he came out 13th, 11th. I believe. 11th, sorry, yeah. Which means if he didn't have that 10 seconds, he probably would have come out like 7th or something like yeah. that. He had run, again, so he didn't do a lot of on-track overtaking in this one. So very well. Because the other thing was, and I didn't realize at the time, because initially I was like, oh, he's really not closed up on... He's dropped a bit of time to Samaya in the first lap. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it was when I watched the re, the highlights today, he hasn't quite closed back up to the train when the restart happened. He was already probably two seconds off Samaya, which meant he's right on the precipice of really being able to get the slipstream as well. Yeah. Which meant, yeah, he couldn't... It took him a while until the tires really did even out for him to be able to close back up to Samaya. And that. So he didn't, yeah, he didn't do a lot of on-track overtaking. He just ran really good pace and naturally, you know, everyone else pitted and then his time slowly moved in front of him. He put off a couple of good ones at the end. He made another move where he got two cars in one go down into turn one. Um, the other thing going on while this was going on was Drogovic finally had a good drive for the weekend yes. and was able to come home P4. Um, and yeah, so final podium of Vips, Piastri and Schwartzman. And Piastri's five-second penalty becoming a moot point because he was about 10 seconds clear of his teammate. Lawson did well recovering to P6. Tictum, I'd argue, did better recovering from 17th to P8 in the fastest lap, giving him six points, I believe. Six points, yes. Yeah, obviously not the point haul he could have had, but crucial in that. And all in all, considering considering it's one of those things, considering the weekend he had, he had a fucking brilliant weekend. Yeah. Not as good as that's the thing. He probably should have had a weekend where he had three podiums, probably a win. But 
as it was, the weekend he had, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he got in total 22 points from the weekend where... Which is probably about 10 more points than you would have expected him to get. But given that you get, you get 25 for a feature race win, that's not as much as he... Oh, no, no, that's the thing. He probably, if he had have had podiums in all three races, he yeah. would have been looking at at least a... Into the 40s, mate. 40, north of a 40-point weekend. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, but, Which you know... Which would have him, you know, probably pushing Schwartzman for that would have him and the drivers. 40 points compared to 22. Oh, that's, yeah. He would be right on Joe and Piastri's tail. correct. Yeah. So that's, you know, that. But, yeah, so that, that brings us to the end of the three races as well. So these storylines that came out... Actually, one thing we'll get before we talk about some other things. During all of this, I've, I've almost forgot about it. So you after they'd all pitted and everything, Deletta, obviously being Deletta, is miles behind everyone. <laughs> you nearly forgot about the point you wanted to focus on at the oh, start yeah. of this episode. So Yuri Vips is catching <laughs> up to Deletta with Piastri about two and a half seconds behind Vips. Yep. So I can't remember exactly where he caught him, but from where I saw it, so Yuri Vips effectively is on Deletta's tail as they come out of the castle section. It was probably meant he lost massive time through Deletta through the castle section. You can't really let someone pass in the castle section mm. easily, so that's just unfortunate time to catch him. But then Deletta's in front of them as they get out of the castle section onto that sweeping straight. Mm. Now I see him here going, is he going to pull up? Pull up? No. no Blue flags. No, no he's just going to sit there all the way through that straight, run through turn 15, stay in front of him. Okay, whatever. I mean, it's not the, it's a little bit of an awkward straight. Fine. The run between 15 and 16. No, he just stayed there. Out onto the sweeping part of the back straight, front straight. Notice that. All the way through to the point now, obviously, as we said, this is a long fucking straight. You're basically full throttle. You start getting slipstream. So Aiken's got a huge, not Aiken, um, Vips has got a huge run on him to the point mm. he's beginning to start to pull, he's about to pull alongside as they come through the last little kink, right-hand kink before you're on to where it effectively becomes the front straight. Mm. Deletta cuts down on him, mm. which could have easily put both of them in the fence, taken Vips out, ruined Vips' <laughs> weekend, yes. handed, well, actually, it wouldn't have handed Piastri the win, it would have completely fucked Piastri because then his time set penalty would have become an issue. Mm. Which is stupid. And, so, and even after that, he still didn't yield. It was just slipstream and DRS meant that Vips overtook him. He ignored blue flags for at least half, if not three quarters of a lap. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, he got a drive-through penalty. But I've been saying it in all the episodes of this. I don't believe Alessio Deletta belongs here. It raised heads when he got promoted. He did not score a point in F3 last season. He was never close. He was easily the worst driver in the F3 field last year. Yeah. And yet he moved up a tier. Now, I don't think we're in any danger of Deletta making Formula One because as much as Formula One needs and loves pay drivers, there's a difference between, you know, Latifi, who finished second in the F2 Championship, Mazepin, who finished fourth in the F2 Championship, you know, Lance Stroll, who has junior category championships to his name, Maldonado, who had good results in junior categories, all that, and someone like Deletta, who is so obviously only here because he's not just because he's half-decent with lots of money, He's just obviously got lots of money behind him. Yeah. He fucking sucks. He's, yeah. you know, he's my heart. He's rang an eighth in levels of awful. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it is. Uh, and, but this, so he's been crap. And I've just always, like, in Monaco, I was lambasting him because he was, like, genuinely losing, like, six seconds a lap sometimes. It was ridiculous. Not just, well, not to the true, leader, yeah. to Samaya, the car in front yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is just now him being just idiotic and issue for other drivers and downright dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just not acceptable that he's in this category. He's not good enough to be here. It's a fucking joke. I agree. Just, yeah. I wholeheartedly it's, agree. It's, yeah. 
Um, and that's a thing. If he's propping up, and that's a thing. Well, if, yeah, if he if he if, if he's he obviously did my boy yeah. dirty. If he did my boy Vips dirty, then yeah, I would. If he's if he's somehow out. propping up HWA, it's well and good. If they get someone with actual promise into that other seat, and Deletta can finance them effectively, well, that's you know, that's something at least. But like he's just like, yeah, he's so much. But Samaya was kind of the one last season who was so far off the pace, but he wasn't at this level. You know, Nasani's not at this level a bit. Nasani does dumb things, but at least he shows pace sometimes. Sean Galea was just mediocre, but he was never struck me as you know being like a problem for other drivers or whatever like but yeah. Deletta is an issue being in the field unless the other drivers like Jamie Chadwick it's still unacceptable in my mind that he's here because yeah yeah he's just, so, he's just so much worse for a second there I was really confused in the process that your point was if it's he's finding Jamie Chadwick having another chance which I agree with yeah yeah um, but yeah, so the, the other storylines to come from the weekend, I don't know what they are. I've sort of broken this down into, again, as we did sort of last weekend, groups of drivers who had a crap weekend, a really good weekend, and that. Um, so I maybe mean, I'll just go through these and you can give me one of that. So obviously, crap weekend for um, Armstrong. He can just yep, continues to have He continues to have very obvious pace and ability and just... Through a mixture yeah. of luck and obviously some mistakes, mistakes. from yourself and that. Like mistakes. I think the thing on Viscal was a mistake. Yeah, mistake. Not not a not one that I don't think it was one that like you say is awful and a real what were you doing? It's a bit of an unlucky one, but it is still obviously a mistake on his part. But yeah. He it is to me. He lost those couple of spots right at the end of race one and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's unfortunate. But then you obviously that was in a great position to sprint race two. Made an error of judgment trying to stay side by side with Viscal on the cold tires, resulted him in the fence and out. And then, obviously, I'd said he had a part to play in that, but realistically, it was just one of those crazy opening lap racing incidents, and that took him out of the feature race, meaning he only scored, like, three points for the weekend or something. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near effective his pace. Very reflective of his season. He continues to have great pace, horrendous luck. Um, Joe was probably another one with a crap weekend. Absolutely. Obviously, it started out really well for him. He extended again as he picked up the 10 points in the first sprint race. And then through no fault of his own, it was all over at turn one in the second sprint race. And then he just, just never had the pace in the feature race, which was weird because yeah. Drogovic did. And Drogovic was the one who struggled through the first two. But he did have the pace, just didn't have the pace in the feature race, which meant he only picked up 12 points for the weekend, which in the meant his championship lead was eventually cut down to five. Really, really cut down. Um, Push Air also didn't have the greatest amount of luck in the end. Yeah, yeah, breaking, re- breaking your arm will do that. Solid, solid, yes, solid result to P5 in sprint race one. Obviously was an innocent victim. Well, sorry, wasn't an innocent victim, but like it was turn one stuff. I don't think he was really at fault for the contact with Boshong, but that dropped him in the back and he could only recover to P9, missed it on points, and then he got caught up in that same Armstrong incident. Now, we didn't actually touch on it because it slipped my mind with how much I was getting fired up about not believing Tim deserved a penalty for that. <laughs> so in that contact, and I guess contact from both sides and the steering wheel, because it's one thing you'll see, and I feel like once I've really, as I've really got back into open wheel hat, but I've always sort of known one tactics that people do come have coming from open wheel. I know they've definitely used an IndyCar on that, is when you start getting an accident and you know at the point where you know it's not savable, and obviously there's no time there for Porsche areas, you release the steering wheel. Because the force feedback on these things can be very vicious. And a steering wheel suddenly snapping back the other way when you're not expecting it, Mm. or even if you you know that can the force that can you know break your wrist or you know strain your wrist and stuff like that obviously he never had a chance that but yeah the two double contacts there and that that impact with everything um he has suffered yeah i believe the fractured wrist or fractured arm he said wrist the fia just 
declared it as a fractured arm. So he's got okay. some kind of arm or wrist injury. Yeah, don't know whether or not that's going to put him out for Silverson. Obviously, the big thing on his favour is we have five or six weeks six before weeks, that. Yeah. So it is time to recover. Thank God the calendar's be... so spread out, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my days. So, um, and because that's the thing. I wasn't, I'd almost forgot to check for that. But I was, because I was worried. Because he saw him once he came back around and retired and that. And he was there with the medics and sort of, you know, showing them. And I actually heard him say, they asked him, can you move your fingers? And he was like, oh, not really. And you watched him show him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you knew something was, I was kind of like, oh. Something is, you know, hopefully it's just a stinger or something, but no, something, something is up here. So yeah, so that's, we'll have to obviously monitor Porsche's situation, but between that, so it started out all right, and then just the weekend fell apart for him, and he again dropped big points. Drogovic rebounded well in the feature race, but again, another not so great weekend for him. Couldn't, just couldn't, yeah, obviously the penalty cost him points, but they wouldn't have been particularly great points anyway in the first sprint race. Mm. Was outside the points in the second sprint race. Did recover it well to get P4 and 12 points in the third sprint race. Uh, Lawson, so the mixed mix weekend for Lawson. Longard had a shocking weekend. Longard had a shocking weekend, but I'm almost at the point where I he doesn't rate mention. He's not a contender. Okay. He, he's he's that, he's that. Because, okay. But cause, neither is Armstrong, and you mentioned Armstrong. So. Yeah, because, but but, okay, because Armstrong, Lungard's just off the pace. Armstrong's mm. is still notable because Armstrong should, like, Armstrong's not a contender because. He's consistently had things going wrong from good spots. Lungard's been away from the pace. He's had things going wrong, but he's also been away from the pace. Hey, Armstrong has as many points Armstrong. as Roy Nassani, so... Oh, uh, but that's the thing. <laughs> the difference is that every weekend, Armstrong's been running in the top five oh, every yeah. single race. Yes, yes, yes. So I think that's more notable. I think Armstrong on pace is, you know, just below that Piastri, yeah, Lawson, Tictum, Joe, Porsche, upper echelon. Um... Yeah, so mixed weekends, um, Liam Lawson, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it started out, uh, let's see, started started out good with um, pole. His first pole, yep. Went all horribly wrong, gone by turn two. Uh, rebounded really well in the second, the sprint race two to get that P7 and a decent little bundle of points. Then fucked it with the move on Porsche, but did recover at least to get a dear little haul of points. But, you know, this could have easily been a weekend with the pace he was showing where Liam Lawson scored well north of 40 points. I yes. like as well. Tictums, um, I'm inclined to give... Uh, Tictums is confusing because on one hand... It mixed should, on should, the, like, should be mixed, positive. but I think Tictums, Tictums gets into, for me, a good weekend... Purely because more so than Lawson's recoveries, his situations. Like, obviously, Lawson... See, Lawson... I still don't think Lawson's recovery in Sprint Race 2 was as impressive because he got those the freebies of those extra spots in Chaos of Lap 1, mm-hmm. whereas Tictum obviously lost a huge amount. And Lawson's... More so, in my opinion, the Tictum's... Lawson's, you know infringement that saw him have to stay stationary for 10 seconds was significantly more self-inflicted. He didn't need to do that. Tickton probably could have still not put himself into that position, but, you know, you're a racing driver. You're meant to go for a gap. Racing driver doesn't mean running your opponent to the fence. True. So Tickton with a brilliant drive. And to me, Tickton was visually, I think, the fastest guy on track all weekend in terms of race format. Podium in race one. Amazing recovery to get the points he did in race two, and realistically, an amazing recovery in the feature race to get the points he did in that as well. 
Um, the great, you know, Piastri, weirdly, out of all of them, before we get to the man who definitely had the best weekend of the two, had the best week of the lot, Piastri, I'd actually say, had a good weekend. For only the second time this season, he failed to score points. And for realistically, I mean, the first time in Bahrain was a racing incident, and I think he was slightly at fault, but definitely not entirely his. This one, absolutely not his fault. Otherwise, I had a look. His results have been, I believe, P5. Sorry, yeah. His results have been a win. Yeah, P5, a win. Caught out in that racing incident, so he didn't get points. He then went P8, P2, P2. Taken out through no fault of his own, P8, P2. Um, yeah. Ultra consistent, and that's, that's the thing. He had the brilliant recovery drive, not quite as good as Tickton's or Lawson's, but really good recovery drive to score points in race one. Crucial element, sorry, race two. Crucial element of getting the fastest lap, so he actually got more points than the other two because he picked up some bonus points. Mm-hmm. And then just to, obviously the mistake on the unsafe release, but that's not his fault. That's the team letting him go. And just did absolutely nothing wrong. All feature race, huge points in P2, and he's closed the gap to Guan Yu Zhou to just five points, which going into the weekend I would have taken, uh, going after sprint race one when Zhou had pulled it out by another 12 points, I would have thought not a fucking chance. But here we are. He's right up there. Yeah, right, right there in the fight to go back-to-back champions. Um, And then... And then his team... Then it would be really interesting because if he does that, obviously... Piastri wins this championship. They'll be real aware too because there may not be a seat for him in Formula One ready to go. Yeah, and you can't play. You can't go again if you won. You can't won. go again if you yeah, win the championship, yeah, yeah, which okay. is why obviously like Nick DeVries went to Formula E. Yes. Um, but then the two big winners of the weekend. Robert Schwartzman, pre-season championship mm-hmm. favourite, who went podium, sorry, race, race winner, P5, P3. Yeah. Massive bundle of points. Effectively got the points more or less that you, know, you would have thought someone like a Tictum or Lawson could have had from the weekend. That has launched him back up into championship contention. He's mm-hmm. now within, I think, he's just over 20 points away from... No, he's seven points behind Piastri. 12. So he's within... Okay, so he's well within 20 points well of Juan Yu Zhou. He's only 12 points back. That is massive. Mm-hmm. And Yuri Vips, who went from... Nice. not Basically not in the championship picture at all. He went, um, what, P8, and then... Two win wins. Win-win. Win. Well, yeah, he scored zero and points in Bahrain and now he's fourth in the Drivers' Championship. Which, and that's the big thing. Obviously, things can change so quickly in F2 because of the nature did you get more chaos and because of the carryover of the weekend and stuff like that. A Formula 2 weekend does carry more points than... Yeah. My Xbox just turned on. Yes, it did. Um, it carries more points than... Like an F1 weekend is 25 points. F2, if you are... Well, 26 if you get the fastest lap. F2, under the old well, under the old format, was, I believe, 48 points or something. But now, yeah, it's, you know, 25 points, 15 and 15, which is 45 points, which is 55 points, plus four for pole, which is 40, 59. And then I think all the fastest laps carry two. Which means you can get 65 points from a weekend if you're absolutely perfect. Not bad. You can swing very, very <laughs> quickly. Not bad. So, yeah, huge okay. weekends for both of those two. Um, yeah. It also, Schwartzman and Piastri's performances this weekend have Prema taking the lead in the constructors. Yes. 20 point gap to you. Which leaves us, if we want to have a look at, yeah, the championship standings now. So yeah, Guan Yu Zhou on 78 over Piastri 73. Schwartzman 66. Vips now, as you said, all the way up to fourth on 63. Tickton just 18 points back on 60. Porsche on 55, but with that real cloud over... Himself, Daruvla 53, Lawson 50, Drogovic kind of creeping back into it on 40. Fucking Drogovic. 
talk about this. So Dragovic has failed to make the points five times this season. He scored in every feature race, though. Barely yeah. made the points in the feature race in Bahrain for two points. But apart from that, has had three podiums. He's just a slow starter. So he's all over the place. He likes his features. I think that uh, brings us to the denouement. I think it might. <laughs> big, big week. Big, big week. week. A lot happened big this week. weekend. A lot Looking happened. forward to talking to you again in six weeks' time. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, such a long break. Maybe I we'll drop a... We'll see. Well, there's a chance for there to actually be enough news to drop a preview episode for Silverson. So we'll yeah, have to see. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, uh, yeah, no, looking forward to a massive layoff. You really love to see it. Um, there's only, I think there's only one F3 race in there as well. So I'm going to have a great time as I'm back to only having that shitty main category every weekend. <laughs> oh, dear. Or at least it's the interesting tracks now, I think, a bit. Yeah, true. We are. We're out of the. the Allegedly, we're off to Canada next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, confusing. actually, the next race is in France. So you. You say we're an interesting I said trip. allegedly. We're off yeah. to, oh, true. Yes. Well, yes, France is a bit. Mm. Mm. France. Yes. Oh, well. Speaking of the main category, you can listen to us uh, talk even more on our other podcast, Rear of the Grid. With yes. Good man, Spencer Hudson. Same platform as you can find all of these episodes on. Uh, social media, all of that crap. Follow us, like us, comment, click, blah, blah, blah. Pay me. If you want to, please. Um, this has been F2 for you. I've been Jashan. I've had a lovely, lovely evening here talking with my good man, Matthew. Look, the um, quality of this discussion made up for your lack of facial hair. I do technically have facial hair. It's just stubble. And it'll grow back. That's just not enough. Yeah, but it means I have to deal my with... I have, de- to de- I have to deal with just... Oh, my... You have to deal with me having a face. Oh, yeah, no. It's congratulate. It's... Your life is so hard. Oh, it's Unemployed, more just, it's just, living it's off just the doll. Strange. You guys like, like a... play video games all day. Oh, but no, <laughs> I've got a clean, sh- a slightly clean shaven face, and just it's all it's gone like to a, shit. It's, just, it's, looks, it's, it's a stark contrast. It's like I'm in a completely different housemate now. It's like who's this guy? Yeah, I mean, fuck. It's just, you know. Who knows? Maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll actually be considered a sports analyst rather than a second tier sports analyst. <laughs> Brings it back. Like Armstrong has got it covered. Will Biscow risk any more? Yes, he will. He doesn't want to head back. They're both locked up. Will they make the corner? No! Armstrong into the wall. Another virtual safety car. So Viscal up to fourth. Schwartzman now fifth. Lawson, Lawson, who started in 20th position, is now sixth.